May 2nd, 2022, Politico released a leaked draft opinion that gives an unprecedented preview of what's likely the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This would have major implications in every state. But even as the law of the land concerning abortion is on the brink of change, my question is, what about the hearts of those who support it? Hi, I'm Charles Morris. This is The Great Stories Podcast. And today we're going to Hollywood. I want you to join me at a studio where I had a conversation with the three people behind the movie Hollywood Just Couldn't Stop, Unplanned. I'll be speaking with Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman, the directors, writers, and producers of Unplanned. And later in this episode, we're going to meet up with Abby Johnson, the woman who inspired the movie. In September of 2019, my executive producer, Troy Lamberth, and I drove to Hollywood and we spent a couple of hours with the team who produced the film, Unplanned. I'm Troy. Troy, how are you? Yeah, Charles Morris. Morris. Hello, Good Charles. to meet you. Come on in, guys. Let me introduce okay. you to everyone, and then we'll... Okay, okay great. Sure. Sure. The area in Hollywood is Burbank, where Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman, the directors and writers of Unplanned, is just down the road from Warner Brothers and Walt Disney Studios. These men moved to Los Angeles from the East Coast 30 years ago to make movies. They've been friends even longer. Carrie explained how they met. My mom and dad divorced, like I said, and what happened is my mom moved us out to Jersey, and he was the kid next door, and we've oh, known each other. He's godfather to my son, best man of my wedding, best friend. You guys have been lifelong friends. Yeah, forever. Almost. Forever. For okay. years. Pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> he follows me around. Oh, I, I've been trying oh, to get rid of him for all goodness. that time. But, uh, no, yeah, and we believe that the Lord brought us together for this purpose. Yeah. And what a purpose the Lord has given them. Both Carrie and Chuck had worked on all sorts of films and TV projects, but over the last decade, the Lord has given them opportunities to produce and write Christian films like Do You Believe? and God's Not Dead 1 and 2. But Unplanned is the film that has really pushed them into the mainstream discussion about abortion, censorship, and freedom. More about that in a moment. But it's interesting that neither of them were that interested in the story of Unplanned, when it first was presented to them. We're sitting at a coffee shop, as we often do, and we're looking for an idea, and you know, what are we gonna do? And we were talking about doing a Western with Clint Eastwood, we had this thing that we were doing, and they wanted to see it, and so on and so forth, and we were all excited, oh man, it would be great, we'll do this. And a girl we know, by the name of Megan Harrington, uh, walks up to us, and she says, hey guys, uh, I think you should make this movie. And she gives us the unplanned book, and we look at it, we're very nice, because we love Megan, uh, and then she parts after you know half an hour or whatever, and we start giggling and laughing because like, come on, it's a chick flick, abortion. No. We, we are in our wheelhouse writing about angry men firing powerful handguns at one another. Right. We made a mistake because we think we're doing a western. We had it all planned and everything. We go back to the office and we made the mistake of praying, Lord. I know we're doing a Western. We really want to do a Western. Please, Lord, you know that's good. Uh, but we, you know, we pray on everything. It, we're doing a Western, right? Right. What I really want you no to do answer. is this. And we're like, oh, man. We read the book, and it flattened us. And we just said, wow, this is a mighty work here. Mm. This is, like, biblical. I mean, this is a biblical situation, a biblical time, and a biblical story that can change everything. And, uh, and then he has used it for his glory. So we're okay with that. Little did Carrie and Chuck know how they would be used to rekindle the conversation about abortion in North America. 
But before they faced biased reviews and a bizarre R rating, they had one big challenge in pre-production. They'd given the lead role to three different actors, only to hear each woman turn down the role because their agent believed the film would harm their career. And that's how powerful the pro-abortion narrative is in Hollywood. The last actor bailed on them just a few days before the production began in Oklahoma. And that's where Carrie told me about a miracle. We're in the car, and I start tearing up. And I, 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 we go into a prayer, and I said, Lord, we want to find someone who loves you. So what happens is, a couple of days go by, the last picture on my desk is this, is this girl is this again. Woman? And I'm like, I passed on this girl three times, so I'm getting a little upset. You know, who brought the picture? And then an email comes in from the girl. I love the Lord. So, okay, I, I get it. You love the Lord, but if, you, if you're, can you act, right? <laughs> it's not enough to love Jesus. you got to be able to act. You know, and we've got millions of dollars at stake here. We just spent every dollar we had. We got 200 people waiting to go to work. We got 25 trucks. Making movies is expensive. People don't realize. And on Monday morning at 5 a.m., you better be rolling. It's Thursday evening, late. And we can't start. We don't have a person, right? We have to make it so you're all... Out of nowhere, the girl, we get on the phone with this girl, and and we tested her. I said, test her. Tell her she's got to get on the plane now for two and a half months. And she says, okay. And I'm like, darn. You know, because I don't want this girl. Lord, I want someone else. And I'm fighting. She didn't have time to wash clothes. She had to put dirty clothes in a suitcase and climb on an airplane. Monday morning, and we haven't had a chance to work with her. But on she's in the she's in the the chair. Her mom calls her. Hey, baby, where are you? And she says, Oh, I'm in. Oh, I'm sorry, mom. I was gonna call you later. I'm in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I'm doing a movie. What's it about? Well, Ashley knew, her mom had told her earlier that she had aborted her older sister. And she said, but I would never do that to you, sweetheart. I would never have done that to you. Okay? And so that's and the... And that was a lie. That, that was Man. the myth, right? Nice so the mom finds out she's on a pro-life movie, and the mother starts to cry. And Ashley said to us afterwards, that I knew immediately. She said, what's, what's wrong, Ma? Uh, don't, don't be upset. And she's like, I have a confession. Uh... 30 years ago, your dad and I, we pawned the family shotgun to pay for your abortion. I walked into Planned Parenthood, I got up on the table, I was on the table, and the doctor was preparing to, to do it, and this nurse comes into the room, and she's so, she's like eight months pregnant, she's so pregnant, and I looked at her, and I rolled off the table and staggered out and ran out it of the It freaked Planned her Panther. out to think about that this nurse out. was carrying to term, and here she was, you know, he said. You were meant to be aborted. Can God cook or what? 30 years ago, she's going to get aborted. Now she becomes the face of the pro-life world? On the day, the next day we're shooting? Unbelievable. What a behind-the-scene movie story. Thankfully, the film was made, and Ashley Bratcher, who played Abby Johnson, did a remarkable job portraying her. But that didn't mean the challenges were over. Really. They were only beginning when they were given notice that the film would receive an R rating. It didn't really surprise us that we got an R because we knew how hostile the industry is overall. What was surprising was how 
how deep in R it was as far as they were concerned. So what they actually made it easy for us, the, the changes which they proposed for us to remove the R rating was basically to strip everything that had to do with abortion out of the film was the only way we were going to not get it right. Well, like, okay, this this is really. I mean, if if, if yeah, it was nipping, if it was nip and tuck a frame here or two, yeah. but it was like lose the sequence, which is which which is the Abby's, animated sequence. Yes. they wanted that removed. They wanted that out. They wanted the shower scene done. They wanted the young girl's bleed out done. All of these. All of which, by the way, are not at all beyond what you could see on network broadcast. But I also want to point out, by the way. Unfortunately, they used Christian's virtue against them. They knew by giving an R, yeah. what would happen is that Christians would not go to the movie. And you know what? I got to say to those Christians, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to think that you're in a battle here. They gave us an R. Franklin Graham, who we love and has been very supportive, said this R is not an R. This R is for recommend. Okay. Uh, the R rating created this this upside down, down the rabbit hole situation where uh, in California, a 15-year-old girl can go, for that matter, a 13-year-old girl, a 12-year-old girl, can go get an abortion without her parents' knowledge or permission, but she can't go see the movie that contains the, the idea of abortion. Mm. It did certainly become a talking point. It, got, it, it did create press. It well, goes back awareness. to what the Lord says. He will take good from all evil, right? We knew we were unjustly given an R. But look what the Lord does. He says, okay. And he told us in the beginning, he said, every sling and arrow they send at you, right? Am I saying mm -hmm. that he would turn it around and he would, he would throw it back at them? So The R rating created a great discussion in the Christian world. The movie has no blatant bad language, nudity, or violence. But what it does contain is a very honest discussion about how abortion ends a human life. But it also shows the hope and forgiveness one can find in the Lord. And that's exactly what Abby Johnson found as she left Planned Parenthood. Carrie and Chuck shared one more challenge that they didn't expect, systematic censorship as they began to market and exhibit the film. No major television channel let them buy ads outside of Fox News and CBN, so they turned to social media. But even there, their ads were either blocked or suppressed or altogether dropped. Despite all these challenges and more, Countries like Canada and Ireland basically not letting the film screen in their theaters. The movie has been connecting and changing lives. Carrie read a comment that was left on a popular Hollywood trade paper about a young woman who was pro-choice until she went and watched the movie. I was not part of the choir by any means, but it challenged my thinking entirely. I've heard all the arguments and I've had all the logical rebuttals, but to actually see it, it just made it indefensible and it cut the legs out from under me. Any intellectually honest pro-choicer should be willing to test their beliefs and some lame Christian film wouldn't be a threat, I told myself. All my best talking points dissolved in the light of this portrayal. It doesn't even attempt to make Planned Parenthood workers villains. Hmm. I'm at a loss because this was fundamental to my belief system and now I find it insupportable. As a woman, I cannot ever again claim to be pro-woman and stand in favor of abortion. I'm out. Chris Jones, one of Unplanned's producers, was with us last week in Hollywood. He's a little more reserved than Carrie, but he shared with us two takeaways about this movie. And there's two things that people walk away with in a big way from having seen the movie. Is one is to really see the humanity in the womb. And that was something that for Abby, when she saw on that screen, she had been part of the abortion industry for years. But when she saw on that screen the humanity in the womb, 
it rocked her world. It changed her whole her whole belief on it. And then and then as well with what Chuck was just talking about, the compassion for women and men that have been touched by abortion is is huge. And I think that the way that it's handled and having a lot of compassion and love and the healing that comes from the movie, I think will have a ripple effect for years and years to come. If you've listened to Haven Today for any length of time, you know I love to ask those I'm interviewing who Jesus is to them. So I was curious how these Hollywood Christians would answer that question. For the sake of time, we'll just share Carrie's response. You know, he's incomprehensible. How do you comprehend somebody who, with a breath, created everything? Not only the earth, but the universe, the stars, the light, the sun, and keeps them in position and place. You know, how do you comprehend something that gives your heart the ability to beat? And it's not a machine. It doesn't have a battery. It just beats, right? How do you comprehend the breath that comes out of your lungs just constantly working? I mean, our very essence coming from dust to flesh, you know, how do you comprehend that? So he's incomprehensible, but I also think we are all humbled. I, I know that Chuck and Chris agree. Every day we come to work, we're humbled. He's our, he's our life, you know. We, without God, there is only death. He not only is incomprehensible, but what did he do? He came to earth to suffer for us. And what we know here is our God came to earth to be spit on, to be cursed, to be beaten, to be crucified, and to suffer every sin that would ever be he has already paid for that. And so when you contemplate that, you start contemplate that, you could sit in place for, for days contemplating it. So to us, he's everything. For me personally, there is nothing else. I love my family, I love my country, uh, I try to love my neighbors, I do everything wrong, okay, every day, a thousand times. But our God is so great that I can say, forgive me, and he'll forgive me again. And how do you comprehend that? How do you, and he's always, Every time I've failed, every time I've fallen, every place I go, he always picks me up. He always lifts us up. And so I got to a point in my life where I couldn't say no anymore. He was so good, so loving, so caring to spit on somebody like that or to live a life that he is not pleased with. To offend him, you just say, I'm not a human being. What kind of man would I be? So it came down to literally the core, the essence of what I am is if I want to consider myself a real man, to love God. And so when you put it into that, I mean, that's, I think all of us in this, we just love God and we don't do anything right, but it's okay because he, he understands what he's right. And you know, so it makes him God. Mm. All praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to his name. Amen. Amen. This is the Great Stories Podcast and I'm Charles Morris. I have to say, it's so good to hear veteran Hollywood producers giving glory to God. Our time with Carrie Solomon, Chuck Hanselman, and Chris Jones was extra special, knowing their hearts for the Lord and their desire to help unborn children. Now, as a bonus to this podcast, I'd like you to hear a short interview we did with the real Abby Johnson. The movie about her life story has given her a unique platform to help women and children all over the world. In fact, she started an organization simply called Unplanned that helps abortion workers leave their industry, just like she left Planned Parenthood over a decade ago. I spoke with Abby at her home in Texas and asked how the Lord was using her organization. Well, you know, it's really a movement. And, um, you know, we thought we were going into this to just create a film 
but um, it hasn't just been a movie. It's it's really been a movement across the world, and um, not only have have lives been changed here in the United States, but now we are going international, and we have dozens and dozens of countries where Unplanned is is going to be releasing. And um, you know, our, our our prayer is just that this will create a movement across the world to really open people's eyes to what is taking place inside of the abortion industry all around the globe. There are people out there who do not like you. In fact, they don't want you talking about life before birth. Um, How do you deal with that when you run into people like that? I just pray for them. And, you know, I, I sort of like when people out themselves as those who support abortion or um, those who support Planned Parenthood because I think, oh, good. Well, at least I know exactly who to pray for. Um, so, you know, I think that, um, you know, as 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 long as we're here on this earth, there will always be those who rebel against God and, and his word and um it doesn't mean that those who rebel aren't worthy of forgiveness and redemption. And so I'm just reminded of the person that, that I used to be and how God was able to capture my heart inside of an abortion clinic. And so, um, you know, you just never know um, where someone's life could be changed. And so that's what I pray for every time that, that someone really comes against me. Hmm. Let me ask you, because all this week, on Haven Today, we're talking about humanity, human beings made in the image of God. Now, is that something you've ever thought of through the years uh, at all? It's a little bit theological, but yet at the same time, it's very practical uh, when it comes to the unborn, even. Yeah, you know, I think about what what it must be like when God creates life. And I just imagine that it's a really joyous time um, when he's creating. And um, I think just of the, the intimate love that he has for each of us. And, um, you know, the Bible says that he knows every hair on our head. And that's, you know, that type of love, that type of, of intimacy is something that we will never experience with our spouse, something that we'll never experience mm-hmm. with our children. It's it's a love that that is, is truly divine and it's from heaven. And, um, and I, I just think, you know, that life that is so precious outside of the womb is just as precious to our Lord inside the womb. And the love for all of us is the same, no matter where we are in this journey, no matter if we are in the womb, no matter if we are toddlers or adolescents or even the elderly, um, that, that anywhere we are on this, this earthly life continuum, that God loves us so perfectly 
and um, in a way that we can't even comprehend. It's so powerful. And and so, you know, that's how we have to, we have to try to treat others with that same sort of love, understanding that we were all created with that intimate love. And even those that, that disagree with us, um, that God is just waiting for all of his children to, to come back to him because he loves each one of us so much. Mm. As you're looking back now, the years since you left Planned Parenthood, they've been good years, haven't they? They have been. You know, there have been times of, you know, just why, why did you put me in this position, God? And, um, but, you know, in the end, um, I'm just so thankful to be where I am today and thankful to be away from where I was and, um, God has been just really good to me and our family and um, has really just restored um, all of those years that, that were taken from us. So um, mm. it's amazing. Well, Abby, you left Planned Parenthood after seeing your first abortion eight years, but you had one child already. Now the Lord's given you many children. What a blessing. And I know you're thankful for that, too. Yeah, um, I, I would have never expected that I would have eight but um, we do. And it's just, you know, honestly, that, that change in thinking, which in today's really secular culture is, is seen as um, strange, but just having that openness to life and saying, you know, God, whatever your will is for our family, um, we accept it. I mean, that has been the greatest joy. Um, mm. Amen. Uh, so it's it's really just been an honor for my husband and I to be on this journey with Christ and um, to see him move in our lives and and to really open up our lives to, to raise all these children. Eight children, count them, eight in your home today. Uh, I would imagine when it's evening, and especially with the younger ones, you're praying with them, you're reading Bible stories to them, whatever your uh, evening bedtime routine is, and I'm thinking back to my own time when my children were young, um, life gets really special right then, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. That's that's one of my favorite uh, times of the day. Not just because they're going to sleep uh, <laughs> and things are about to get quiet, um, but because it's it's really a time to hear from their heart. And um, you know, we always pray together, and and I ask them, you know, what are they thankful for, and what do we need to pray for, and I just I love hearing the things that, that they're thankful for and the things that they want to pray for. And I have it, um, my seven-year-old son, every single night without fail, he wants to pray for the homeless. And mm-hmm. and I just think, you know, I don't know, there's just something inside of him that um, that is is just crying out to God to, to help these, you know, particular groups of people. And 
Um, and so it's really beautiful. So I just, I love, I feel like I get to know a lot about my kids and a lot about their heart and their spirit just through our prayer time. Um, and so I, yeah, and I mean, we, of course, read, and they all want to read, they all want to read their own stories. So they want me to each, they want to each pick out a book. So I've got four boys. Um, they're seven, six, five, and four. So when I tuck them in, they each want to have a book read. So hmm. uh, bedtime takes a while. <laughs> so I've got to read four books, and then we do our prayers, and then I tuck them in, and I usually sing them a song, and then <laughs> they finally go to bed. <laughs> you, you have to start about two hours early, the bedtime ritual yeah. at the Johnson House. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Abby, that... Uh, well, I asked the producers and writers of the movie Unplanned, um, and they all teared up when I asked this question. But we ask this of people that are on our program all the time. Um, I know you've written. I know you've talked about forgiveness. Um, you know, everybody's born a sinner, and yet at the same time, we're made in God's image. Um but I know you know Jesus. What does Jesus Christ mean to you, Abby Johnson? Oh, well, um, he means mercy and um, redemption and um, he means new life because that's what I've experienced through him. Um, not just in my own life, but life in my family. And, um, and you know, Jesus means accompaniment for me. You know, I, we can read the Bible and we see how uh, Jesus accompanied people that he loved, people um, who he was with. And, I think that's a great lesson for all of us to be present in the lives of, of those around us. And especially today in such a secular culture, such a social media filled culture, just to be present and to accompany those who are struggling, who are in crisis. Um, you know, gosh, our world would look so different <laughs> if um, if we really started to attend to those around us the way that that Jesus attends to our needs. Mm. Abby Johnson, you are precious, and we thank the Lord for you, and thank you for being with us here on Haven today. Thank you so much, Charles. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I'm also thankful for the time we got to spend with Abby Johnson as well as the creative team that brought her story to the silver screen, Carrie Solomon, Chuck Conselman, and Chris Jones. Now, if you'd like to see the movie Unplanned, we have the DVD for your gift to Haven Ministries. You can watch the trailer and make your gift at haventoday.org. But when you're there, you can also sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on the blog. That's haventoday.org. Or... You can subscribe to Great Stories wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.